technical difficulties just to get this started. My headphones fell apart. And I'm using a system that is like the third time I've ever done this. And I have a guest. Thankfully, it's a really nice guy here. But hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is My Seminary Life, and I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And we're, for the past month and a half, we've been in a series called Apologetics 101, talking about some of the big uh, topics related to the subject of apologetics. Today, though, to finish off the series, rather than talking about a specific subject within the greater conversation of defending and persuading the truth claims of Christianity, today we're going to look at a specific group as we talk about apologetics for teens. And to have this conversation, I have brought back a very patient fellow, as it turns out, uh, good friend, Pastor Scott Irwin. Pastor Scott, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to be back. Glad that we got everything sorted out and very glad to be talking about apologetics and students or teens specifically. Yes. So back in, was it December, January? It was a winter months, wasn't it? For the series. Yeah, for the series. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was January. It was kind of what we launched back into after our Christmas break. We hopped into a series called Can I Ask That, uh, which was, yeah, a focus on some of the big questions around apologetics and Christianity. Okay. So for this uh, series that you all did, was the uh, why? I guess we should start there of like why apologetics? Because I think normally we think about this as something that college students and well, probably seminary students should take, but we're, we're talking about like 13, 14, 18-year-olds, yeah. like high school and middle school. Why is this important for them to be talking about? Yeah, I think apologetics is important um, because there are truth claims to Christianity, and in order to feel like have a strong and robust faith, those truth claims need to be thought out. And so apologetics, one, is a way to help think through those questions that you maybe didn't even know you had. Mm. Um, but then two, it also helps us live kind of in the, the public square mm. as students um, are approached by friends or engaged with a more secular creed. They need to have a way to defend the truth claims of Christianity. And so it's kind of, it's a, it's a constant, I think in student ministry and one that should be there. Yeah. I know um, throughout this series, on Facebook, I've been highlighting resources that are to help people continue to think through these different topics. And early on, I was highlighting the Keller Center for Cultural Apologetics from the Gospel Coalition. And that's like their whole focus is on better equipping leaders in order to then better equip Gen Z Mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much the focus here was... because obviously there are leaders also within this, but to better equip Gen Z with some of the bigger cultural topics they're going to come across, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, to engage them. And we, and we had a five, I think it was a five-part series, five-week series, just looking at different aspects of culture and what Christianity has to say about those. So we, um, I guess we did approach it from a topical standpoint, but we almost approached it as, okay, what are questions that our students being asked culturally, Mm -hmm. and what does Scripture have to say to those, and how can we maybe defend truth claims of Scripture in in those regards? So kind of almost like a bottom-up approach. Okay. So then 
you know, choosing these topics to talk about, these questions, mm-hmm. you said it was called, can I ask that, right? Yep. Yep. So, so in coming up with these questions to wrestle with, were these just things that, you know, as you have your pulse on teen life and the gospel coalition and blah, 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 you pick these questions or how did, how did you arrive at these different topics you would cover? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, and actually an interesting one because, you know, first when you, you approach it, you think you got your finger on the pulse of student ministry and you think, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this is clearly something that they're struggling with or something that they need to be able to defend or engage. Um, but what what we did to kind of uh, figure out what questions we wanted to ask and answer is we had a list, I think, of maybe eight to ten questions. A lot of them came from some resources that we were using. And uh, we said we could only do five of these, so we sent them out to uh, our leadership team students and some of our, our adult volunteers as well. And I just said, hey, out of these eight to ten, which ones were you – most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I thought looking over the last couple of years, just in the States in general, I thought, hey, you know, students are going to want to know about politics. Students are going to want to okay. know about uh, diversity and ethnicity. Students, you know, all of these things that are kind sure. of like bubbling to the surface. And those were not the questions that students wanted answered. Okay. Which was really interesting. And, and okay. I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, is there a disconnect I think it's some of that Gen Z is either not paying attention or just doesn't care, or maybe their, you know, beliefs and opinions about race and politics have kind of settled in their own mind where those mm-hmm. questions are still being asked and answered and millennials and Gen X sure. and boomer generation, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, some of the questions that I thought were f- for sure were not. Yeah. I, uh, that is, that is surprising that, uh, topics like politics and race wouldn't come up, but I don't think it would necessarily be like a an issue of disinterest. Mm-hmm. I would almost because Gen Z is very socially active. They thought our group of millennials was very socially active. Like Gen Z has taken it in ways appropriately and in other ways inappropriately to a whole nother level mm. with social activism and social justice and politics and whatnot. I wonder if it maybe is more so a disconnect of you can't talk about that at church or you don't normally talk about it at Mm. church, you know? Yeah, it might be. Because, you know, I would say our group and maybe like uh, previous generations, uh, you would maybe point to something like uh, sexual ethics Mm -hmm. is something in some churches was like not a very common thing you would talk about. You know, every, every generation has like that taboo thing that doesn't isn't necessarily taboo yes to talk about in church so i wonder if maybe that's more so yeah i very much could be um either way it was uh it was an interesting sure. response one that was unexpected for sure so what was what was a response that they did have that you're like really that's what you want to talk about yeah was there anything like that there were a couple and you're going to test my memory here so i'm going to use some resources sure um, there were a couple that were, that were, but some of the core ones that I maybe wasn't so surprised in, there was, how, how do I know that the Bible is reliable? Like, how okay. can I trust what the Bible says? Uh, foundational for kind of all the rest um, 
we talked about science and Christianity, which I feel like is a perennial one as well. Mm-hmm. Something that millennials also really had some significant questions about. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones that were interesting that we approached that I was not expecting um, was, uh, can Jesus be true for you, but not me? Um, so that was kind of one that okay. came back. Can Jesus be true for you, but not me? That relativism a little sure. bit, um, which I feel was maybe prevalent in, in millennials, but clearly is still there in, in Gen mm-hmm. Z, kind of this want to have an inclusive kind of stew pot nature of sure. everything. Um, and then I think the last one of the two other ones, does God care when we hurt? Okay. Which um, I did not think would be as interesting to students, but that was one that was maybe most desired that we talk about. Does God care? And that is kind of getting into the problem of evil a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, similar to, um, you know, tolerance and inclusion, aren't we all going to heaven? That was one okay. that was, uh, that we hit. I think that was the very last one. That was kind of a, a gospel push as well. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Um, you've actually touched on a lot of the subjects that we weren't able to get to oh, in this series. Huh. Um, we did talk about pain, evil, suffering, because mm-hmm. not only is it like a very philosophical, theological conversation, it's very personal, you yeah. know, because everybody, everybody hurts, everybody yeah. suffers. Uh, so we did talk about that one. Haven't really gotten to the the plan is to do this series again next year. Mm. So we can talk about some of these, some of these things more in depth, but the science issue yeah faith and science didn't really get to touch on that one that was an interesting one our students i think really connected with that one okay um also the reliability of scripture you Mm -hmm. said yep um talked about that one in the past before during uh other series you do raise a good point though on this um inclusion Mm -hmm. element so you had like two of these that were very inclusive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it was the aren't we all going to heaven or can jesus be what was it jesus can be true True for for you but but not me me. yeah Yeah. that really gets to that whole push in the culture of the term my truth Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of the evolution of the postmodernism. now not only is it What's true for you doesn't have to be true for me. It's like we have our own personal Mm -hmm. truth now. So I think that this, Mm -hmm. and I think those two questions kind of highlight specifically why apologetics is important for students today. Okay. Because a student wants to engage with the question, can't Jesus be true for you but not for me? Mm -hmm. Or aren't we all going to heaven? I think it speaks to the the culture that some of these students are facing in schools right okay um students do not want to be labeled as as bigots students Mm. do not want to be labeled as uh you know crazy or weird or um non-inclusive and so those questions really get at this um maybe a felt need or a desire for students not to be excluded or, okay. or really it's just kind of seen as bigots or labeled as bigots mm-hmm. under the, you know, the umbrella of Christianity. Um, and I think that is why it's really important to speak to these apologetic topics because students need to realize that they can have their beliefs. They're mm-hmm. like their beliefs that are 
um, that are rational, that are uh, mm-hmm. based in truth, are able to be held in mm-hmm. in kind of the public sphere. And so we want students to be able to engage their non-Christian friends in a compassionate way, um, but be able to stand up for, for what they believe. Yeah, and to do it, because this is where apologetics gets a little tricky, because this takes the step from, well, that's just what I learned at church. That's mm-hmm. what my parents always told me. And apologetics fo- uh, forces you in a way to make it personal, mm. make it your own personal faith, you know? Um, yeah, I can't imagine, because I, I mean, I was homeschooled, then went to a Christian school, then went to Christian college and seminary. <laughs> so the I really cannot imagine the, um, the battle with inclusivity being inclusive. Yeah. You know, I, I know that's always been a thing, mm-hmm. the coexist and all those things. And I think we can live at peace with other religions for sure. Mm-hmm. But to walk around and not trying to dodge that bullet of, am I a bigot? Am yeah. I, you know? Well, and I think it, I think it is harder now for students to hold the true claims of Christianity um, especially when it comes to things like gender and sexuality, um, e- even the questions like, hasn't science disproved Christianity? I feel mm-hmm. like that, that question, um, the like, sec- secular culture doesn't really care about that question as much as it cares about, don't you approve of my gender and sexuality, you know? Mm, and so okay. I think the apologetics landscape has shifted a little bit away from kind of these big ultimate truths and more towards don't, won't you celebrate me as well? Why don't, why don't you celebrate me? Um, and so apologetics, I, I, you know, is maybe moved a little bit away from, I think you hit it earlier, kind of the big out there problem of evil mm-hmm. and has been more internalized. Well, does sure. God care when I hurt? Okay. Right? okay. Um, it has moved away from, well, hasn't, you know, science disproved Christianity. Well, you can, you can believe that, but don't you believe, you know, this about my gender or this about sure. my sexuality. Um, and I think that's been an interesting shift in Gen Z. Apologetics hmm. is less out there in ultimate truth and more, how does it engage with, um, with, with kind of these internal thoughts and sure. that I have. Sure. In which on the topic of gender and sexuality, you didn't cover it here, but you did a whole separate series. Like mm-hmm. that was the next one up, wasn't it? Just on yeah. the topic of gender and sexuality. We don't have time to get into all of it right now, mm-hmm. but at a high level, how did that go over? Was it still very like apologetics E ish? Um, it, it, I think it took the same form. We framed it in, um, the whole series was framed in similar questions. So what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does mm-hmm. the Bible say about transgenderism? What does the Bible say about uh, gender? And so you, you frame it, we framed it in these questions broadly. And I think it was kind of a, apologetic I We had some of those apologetics questions, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even send them out as an option because I knew we were going to hit these in a, in a following series, sure. but, um, those are, those are definitely questions that students are in right now. Yes. I imagine of all of these, that has to be the big one. 
for yeah. them. I think gender and sexuality is big. And, and as we've heard some response from the series, I think that the reliability of scripture is big. Okay. And, and does God care when I hurt? Like sure. those, those were probably the two that students responded to the most, mm-hmm. which is, which is interesting. You know, you have the foundation of scripture. That's always going to be, um, always important. And is again, the kind of the foundation you're going to build all the rest of this mm-hmm. on. And so that has, you know, been rooted for thousands of years. And then how does this now inform these new questions that are being raised sure. about gender and sexuality? And in a way, as I think about it, it does somewhat fall in this other group, these other two questions we talked about earlier about inclusivity, mm. because when it comes to, I know there are some people out there that when it comes to scripture, it's just another holy book, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm, I can imagine that is something else that they're running into of, well, what's the difference between your holy book and the yeah. Quran or my you know, teacher's book or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I, apologetics has changed a lot. I don't know. Did you take a class like this in college or seminary? Yeah, we, we took some, some classes, uh, like this. And a lot of it was focused on, you know, arguments for the existence of God, which mm-hmm. I think are, are good and right to think about. But also I think that they are, students are less concerned with that. Hmm. Like students, students are going to readily accept either the belief or the, the non-belief of God. Like I believe okay. you believe God exists. That's cool. You mm-hmm. don't believe God exists. That's cool. Oh, you have this, you have this belief about gender and sexuality. I, that's something I'm going to lean into. Y- like okay. you see what I'm, yeah, see yeah, what I'm yeah. getting at? Like it's moved from these kind of big core foundational pieces of apologetics Mm-hmm. And the, the actual questions that students are, a- are asking are not, does God exist, right? Yeah, yeah. Which they'll, they'll take or leave, which is, I don't know, which has been really interesting to think about. Yeah, that is. You can take the existence of God in an offhand kind of way mm-hmm. or the non-existence of God in an offhand kind of way. But when it gets to my personal feelings, mm-hmm. my personal identity, um, that is when you're, you're going to get into maybe hot water with people. Sure. That is interesting. I did take an apologetic class back in college and it was more so evangelism 101. Okay. Did you, did you have something like that where they basically taught you, here's the five things you need to know about Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. Oh, interesting. It, okay. Muslims. And this Almost is how like you a, win, win like an argument. World religions class. Yeah, and this is how you win an argument with them. That mm-hmm. was a little bit more of my experience mm-hmm. or trying to you know, prove the existence of God or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you, yeah, I, this is really interesting to think about how we've moved away from more theoretical conversations mm-hmm. like the existence of God and tele- teleological arguments and blah, blah, blah to, oh, you be- you read the Bible, so you hate women. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you read the Bible, so you don't believe in science. Mm-hmm. You know, how did the science one go over? The science one, um, I think, hit a lot of students. Hit a lot of students deeply, um, and I'm. We engaged that one through a couple uh, Christian scientists who are doing you know high level work at the top of their. Okay. Um, the top of their fields right now. I'm 
blanking on his name, but is the geneticist who wrote, I think, The Language of God, and he did research into DNA. And he worked in the early 2000s to decode the human genome and was like on the team and led the team that did that. And um, in his career, I think like in the 80s, he was met with a patient. He was a medical doctor, met with a patient's story, and it kind of led him on this path to faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Really cool story. Um, yeah, forgetting his name right now, but students connected with that because, Mm. you know, alongside this, this issue of Christians being labeled as intolerant or bigots, I think students who are Christians can also be labeled as, um, you know, irrational or Mm -hmm. non-intelligent. Why, why are Mm -hmm. you still holding to that belief? And so for students to see that there are people who are, vastly more intelligent than I will ever be. Same. Who hold, yeah, who hold the, the truths of Christianity deeply. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that a man died and came back to life and that mm-hmm. this is the, the person to follow who has, who has truth. Um, that is good for a student to engage with. So that was something really cool that came out of the, the science one. We, we kind of walked through the history of Christianity and its relationship with science and okay. the fact that, um, Science doesn't disprove Christianity, but actually Christians were some of the biggest movers in mm-hmm. the history of, of scientific discovery and, and scientific work. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a good one. That's we, good. We enjoyed that one. Uh, a couple months ago, we had Pastor Will on the show, who is a pastor down in North Carolina. His church is right next door to the University of North Carolina. And I was interviewing him for a paper talking about what were three things you learned from the pandemic about ministry. And one of his points was Christians need to have their finger on the pulse of scientific development. Mm. And he has people in his church who are like physicists and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. professors, doctorates at the university. And I asked him, I was like, oh, because his big point was like, talk to these people, hear about what's, you know, what's coming up in their research and what's, you know, going on in the scientific community. And I asked him, I was like, okay, but not everybody is right next door to a major university who has brilliant professors. What do you do then? And he said, I'm sure you got a high school chemist teacher, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to like, we have to have our finger on the pulse and realize that like, yeah, you're going to run into some stuff every once in a while with like evolution, depending on your viewpoints with uh, evolution. But yeah, science doesn't disprove God. These things mm-hmm. do go together. And I really like they do. Uh, this lesson sounds like it would have been really good. I'm bummed I missed it. <laughs> I'm just kind of like this church history walk of, look, it's not like we have always been against science or no. something like that. Yeah. We've actually been very involved in this process. Very involved. And I think one one thing that students are very interested in as well is um, I think with, with STEM careers being pushed very hard in schools right mm-hmm. now, you have like the science, technology, engineering, mm-hmm. I guess it's STEAM now, arts and, and maths. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These things are being pushed, and so are, you know, rightly so. I think science and technology and engineering are being mm-hmm. held in very high esteem. But if 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 you are are pushing a Christianity that is incompatible with with 
science or even, you know, kind of just rational thought, we're going to lose these these students who are moving into these careers. And so what you hold here is science is important, but science can't do everything. And this is where we sure. kind of landed that science does not have the answers for some of the big questions in mm-hmm. life. You know, why, why are we here? Where are we going? Where does morality come from? Mm-hmm. You have some of these big questions that science just doesn't engage with. And I think that was also interesting or eye-opening for some students that we live in a kind of a, a technocentric world but technology can't solve all of our problems. Sure. And it shouldn't solve all of our problems. Yeah. And so where do you go for answers that technology can't solve? You go to, for for me, you go to the person of Jesus Christ. I like that. I like that a lot. Because there is limit. Mm-hmm. There is limit. And I, I don't want to use terms like agenda or woke or anything like that. But sometimes it is like... A, it is presented in a way of like science has all the answers and there's, there's limits to that. Yeah. In very, again, very personal ways, Mm -hmm. you know, of where am I going and things like that. Well, and, and I think you're right to, to personalize it. Um, because people are going to engage with the person of Jesus Christ through their own experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so not every scientist is going to engage with the person of Jesus in the same way. But we have to, I think, um, be able to hold kind of both in tandem and say, I'm not anti-science, mm-hmm. uh, but I am going to I am going to maybe poke holes in your worldview to say you are acting morally in a way that you can't get to in science. Sure. And so, how, you know, how do you how do you make space for that in your worldview? Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. Bringing questions to, to people like that. And that's what we're trying to do with students. In preparation for all of this, um, you're smart, obviously, but I'm sure you had to read up a little bit. Was there any... uh, Definitely had to read. Definitely (laughs) had to read. Uh, Was there any books, websites, resources that you used to help brush up on all of this? Yeah, I... Well, one resource that was kind of through this whole series, and that is much more readable and maybe more student-focused, was... Uh, Rebecca McLaughlin's 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity. Um, and I went through it. I think I've been through it twice now with this series and then with a, another student. Great resource. Great little book. Um, kind of works in that same format, asking questions. And it is her, I believe, teen reader kind of edit from her Confronting Christianity book. Oh, Haven't read okay. that one. Okay. Um, there's, I believe, 12 on that one, so I don't know which two questions got, <laughs> got the axe. Um, but, yeah, that was a resource that was really good. Um, it was also really good. I think in apologetics we tend to uh, maybe overwhelm with words and, you know, illustrations. And mm. this resource did a good job of bringing it down to the level of probably a freshman, um, okay. you know, maybe eighth grader. But that was interesting and engaging for you know, a high school student, even for me. Okay. Um, so that was kind of important to frame this whole series towards students, right? That's sure. what we want. Um, you know, some of the the classics we had, The Reason for God by oh, Tim Keller that I grabbed here. It's always a good one to go back to um, for maybe some, some reference. Had this book of essays sitting on my shelf, um, Evidence for God. Uh, this is... It looks like a bunch of essays that has been edited. 
okay. um, Dembski and like Kona. Uh, that was something that we, we researched as well. But honestly, we really pushed students just to kind of engage with uh, the Rebecca McLaughlin book, which, okay. was, which was good. Yeah. Good. Did you come across Mama Bear apologetics during all of this? Yes. So interestingly, okay. this is funny. Um, I've highlighted them here. So, I was so we, we didn't use Mama Bear apologetics in, in our series, but we did use Mama Bear apologetics on gender and sexuality oh, okay. in, our, um, in our, our series on gender and sexuality. And we encouraged our, our parents toward that research. It was great. They do a really good job. Yeah, yeah. I've read some of their stuff, listened to some of their episodes. It's pretty. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. I like it. Is so. the I I haven't engaged with just the apologetics book. I only engage with the gender and sexuality resource. Okay. Nice. Um, but yeah, maybe we should have should have found the one. I don't think <laughs> I was exposed to it until after the series was over. Oh. Okay. And I had a mom knew that we were doing the gender and sexuality mm-hmm. series, and she's like, "Have you read this?" I said, "No, I don't <laughs> think I have." <laughs> but I will. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I only found out about it because of Google Trends. I oh, get on yeah? Google Trends and I search apologetics and that gives me material. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I should find out what this is. I should listen to these ladies. <laughs> They're smart. <laughs> they are smart. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that has, I think we've done it justice. <laughs> probably not but <laughs> probably you know, not we at least scratched <laughs> we've scr- the surface that that's been a, on teens the, and apologetics teens and branding because yeah. in another what 10 years when gen alpha is in high school it's going to be a whole new whole set new of things game. yeah but yeah. the truth of scripture is eternal and there are answers for the truth that we have and the faith that we have for sure for sure all right well thank you for taking time out of your schedule to do this absolutely it's always me on It's always good to hang out with you. Uh, Listeners, thank you for dropping in for this episode. Um, If you want to find links to anything related to the MSL website, shop, social media links, whatever, you can go into the description of this episode to find those things. Um, Keep in mind... We are now a part of the Anazao Ministries Podcast Network, so you can go on there to check out all our other shows. I believe a new one has just gotten added. Check this name out, The Bible After Hours. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be a little bit of a hot take show. Um, Hosted by a mysterious person. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so go check that out. Um, But yeah. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Scott, for being here. We'll be back next week with a, we got a couple fun episodes coming up because it's summertime. Next week is going to be the graduation special. I'm going to talk about what commencement was like, and Claire will probably be on the show to talk about pizza because her favorite pizza place is in Winona Lake. And then after that, we have the School's Out special where I'm still working on a guest for that, but I think it's just going to be a lighthearted movie review before we start our big series this summer uh summer of bonhoeffer looking at some of the writings of dietrich bonhoeffer it's gonna be a heavy time so let's have some fun before we get to it thank you all for listening and remember theology is for everyone so keep on studying